full disclosure, the original plan this morning was to kick off a, uh, an Advent series, and to, like a sermon series to go along with some of the scripture reading and stuff that we're doing. Um, and we will get to that in the next few weeks. Uh, but I've called a bit of an audible this morning. And, um, and honestly, it'll probably carry over into next Sunday too. And so, because um, I just need to speak a little bit about some pretty big things that are happening here in the next couple of weeks, um, specifically pertaining to the future of this campus. Okay, if, you're, if you haven't been here at all over the last few months, like don't freak out. Okay, it's good, good stuff. Okay, uh, and before I get too far down the path, let me say this. If you are new here, uh, whether you're a guest this morning or you're just kind of still sort of checking things out, not really sure, um, listen, this morning is... Uh, it's it's going to be different, okay? This this is honestly this is not really even going to be a sermon. Okay, I'm just going to straight up with you. Uh, so, so this is not going to be a standard sermon. Um, what I hope you'll do is extend a little bit of grace and patience in that, and then come back like in the next few weeks to get a better feel for what sermons and stuff actually are like here. Um, so, anyways, to get down to it. On there's a table right outside of those doors when you walked in. Uh, maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, uh, with some documents on it, and um, all those relate to some various uh, business-related items. We've got a business meeting coming up on December the 13th, and so there's some different proposals there. One of those is a budget for 2024. I know you guys are thrilled you came to church this morning to talk about budgets. Um, we won't do that, okay? Uh, there's a budget. There's some stuff related to some. Uh, proposed changes in our bylaws. Again, I know you're not here to talk about bylaws, uh, the, but what I want to actually spend our time talking about is um, the proposal. It's a p- piece of paper that looks like this, as if you can see this from back there. Uh, it just says South Wilson Campus Transition Proposal at the top. And it's um, kind of let you know what that is, what it's about. <clears throat> back in August... Pastor Scott and I held a couple of meetings here uh, at this campus on a Sunday afternoon and a Sunday evening, and really just sort of um, rolled out the vision for beginning this process of transitioning this campus to be um, to, to go from being a campus of Valley Creek Baptist Church to being uh, an autonomous local church. Right? That autonomous that word autonomous basically just means sort of self self governing, self sustaining. Uh, and so <clears throat> what I know is that was August, right? That was a, a long time ago. Uh, some of you were not able to attend those, those meetings. Some of you have only started attending like since those meetings. Uh, and then I also know that for all of us, like a lot of sleeps since August, okay? A lot of sleep, a lot of time to lose things in translation. And so um, because of, of the vote coming here in about a week and a half, and because of some conversations I've had with some, some dear brothers this last week, I think a wise thing for me to try to do is really bring this back out before you. Like nothing's changed. Just want to articulate it to the best of my uh, ability. And so let me, let me tell you my goal this morning. <clears throat> I want to talk about what we are proposing. Okay. Uh, I want to touch on how we might go forward um, if this proposal is affirmed by the church. Uh, and then I want to touch briefly on, <clears throat> excuse me, why, I'm going to drink of water. <clears throat> I want to touch briefly on why, 
kind of, we're doing this, although full disclosure, that'll, I'll talk more about that next week because I want to give that like ample time instead of just cramming it into this morning, okay? So um, I want to do all of that that I just said as transparently as possible, okay? Which means I'll tell you what I do know, I'll tell you the things that I don't know, uh, and then I'm just going to trust that the Lord will kind of sort it all out and that his uh, will will be done. Like he's, he'll, he'll do whatever he wants to do, whatever he sees is right and good in his infinite wisdom, right? Because he is sovereign, he is all-knowing, all-powerful, and we are none of those things, all right? So I'm going to pray for us first, uh, and then we're just going to jump right in, all right? Father, thank you for um, these men and women here that call this church campus their home. Um, Father, even those that are visiting, just grateful for their presence here this morning. Pray that they would, uh, even even on a morning where it's not a a traditional sermon, that that they would be uh, just encouraged by your spirit in uh, in whatever way you have for them. Uh, Lord, we we come to you this morning, or I come to you this morning, Lord, just just confessing that... um, we are not sovereign, we are not all-knowing, we are not all-powerful. Um, and so it, it, as much as I'm going to lay out probably a, uh, what I think is, is a plan, a, a proposed plan moving forward, the reality is, Lord, that um, all plans are subject to you. And so we want to just acknowledge that up front. And Lord, we believe that you had a great plan in mind when you, you uh, planted the vision for this this campus and the hearts and minds of uh, men and women five, six, seven years ago. Um, we believe that you have a plan for this campus moving forward. And, and our ultimate prayer this morning is that uh, your will would be done in and through these people that make up this church. Uh, we pray that it would all be done for, above all, for your glory, um, for the good of the community where you have placed us, uh, and then also, Lord, for our joy. We want this to, to be something we're excited about. So, Lord, just entrust all that to you. Pray that your will would be done, um, that you would move in whatever way you see fit. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's the proposal. Okay, I'm going to read it to you straight off the paper. Um, like if, if you grab one of these, if you don't have one now, you can grab one before you leave. I'm going to read it straight off the paper so that... the we're just all on the same page, right? Here's, here's what we're proposing, okay? In light of the New Testament example of churches planting churches and in an effort to provide more contextualized ministry as well as more localized and focused decision-making, we propose to begin the process of transitioning our South Wilson campus to a self-sustaining, autonomous local church. Okay, from there, the document goes on. Uh, here, listen, here's the reality. If you want an outline of my, it's not a sermon, talk today, this is your outline. Okay, I'm typically terrible about giving you guys outlines uh, because I don't even always stick to my own outlines. So um, if you want one, though, that's, that's what we're giving. I'll probably stick to my notes more today than I ever do. Okay, so um, let me clarify a couple things right out of the gate around that proposal. Okay. First thing is this, this proposal is not a change, I'm going to rephrase, this proposal is a change in the method, not a change in the mission, okay? Like this campus was started for the purpose of 
making disciples here on the north side of E-Town and wherever else the Lord might send us people from. Um, and, and nothing about that changes based on this proposal. Like, nothing. Right? The mission remains the same. Okay? In fact, um, you, you can actually go back and look at, um, I think it was back in September of 2017, 2018. Um, you can go back on our website and, and watch the, uh, the video of Pastor Scott laying out the vision for this campus. It's on our website. You go to the media page, look at North Campus discussion. It always cracks me up that our North Campus is on South Wilson Road, but be that as it may. Um, you can go back and look at the video on our page, North Campus discussion. Almost everything that Scott says in that video still applies, even if this proposal is affirmed. Almost all of it. Okay? I would encourage you to go look it up if you, if you want to see that, especially if you've uh, just started coming within the last handful of years, which is probably a pretty good chunk of you. Okay? Um, so the proposal is a change in method, not a change in the mission. Okay? We'll talk more about mission stuff next week. All right, second thing is this. This proposal is motivated by mission, not money. Okay? Listen, when there's an elephant in the room, you just hit it head on. Okay, at no point, at no point, let me emphasize, at no point in all of our discussions and conversations was money ever a motivating factor. Ever, 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 all right? Um, like th this has always been about it. When I say that the conversations that Scott and I have had and we've had with other organizations and stuff, the conversations have always been about how do we as a campus Best live on mission in the place where the Lord has, has placed us. Okay, now, are there financial considerations? Yes. <laughs> right, there, there are, but at, at no point have, has anything around finances been a central part of this conversation. It has always been about um, and how, how do we best move the mission forward here? Right, so, so to put it really, really bluntly, Right? This is not an underhanded attempt to lighten a financial burden. Okay, I just need to make that really clear. Right? So, this proposal is a change in method, not a change in the mission. It's motivated by mission, not money. And here's the third thing. This proposal is to begin a process, not end a partnership. Right? The, I'll talk about the, the timeline here in just a minute. But what I want to make sure you understand is like this will be a process. Okay, if should we take a vote on December 13th here in a week and a half, like that is not like a cutting of the umbilical cord. Okay, we're, we're beginning, that vote is literally just to begin a process. It's just to say, hey, this is the direction we are now going. We're not there yet. Right, it's, it's not the doctor cutting the cord and stuffing a $20 bill in your diaper and saying, Good luck. You're on your own. All right, that's not what would happen should the church affirm this direction uh, by vote. Okay? This, this is more like what would happen is the Springfield campus, which is our main campus if you're new around here, uh, kind of down on the south side of town, they just kind of shift into the role of a parent trying to help support and raise a child to go on into independence, autonomy. Right? Like, 
That's, that's a normal thing, right? When, when you, your children, you want them to grow up and be independent, able to stand on their own two feet, right? This is kind of the same, same process, right? And I use that word process for a reason. It is a process, okay? Now, because it's a process, I want to try and articulate some of what that process might look like, okay? Give you a sort of a tentative timeline. And I say tentative because, but again, like, we make plans, but the, it's ultimately in the Lord's timing. Right? Psalm, not Psalm, Proverbs 16, 9. Um, Solomon writes that the, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Right? So, so we, it's good and right to make plans. It's just we're going to hold those with open hands because we don't know what the Lord's up to. Right? As those of you that have been here for a few years, you know a lot can change really quickly. Right? So, um, all that to say, like this, if this happens, it will be in God's timing, not ours. But, but here's at least a starting point, okay? And again, all this obviously contingent on church vote in uh, here in about a week and a half, all right? So first, first thing, as soon as possible after the vote, again, assuming it's affirmed, um, what would happen is we would establish a transition team, Okay, that transition team would be appointed by church council. If you don't know what the church council is, uh, it's basically church staff along with kind of the different leaders of the various committees and organizations, uh, ministry teams in the church. Basically people who have an understanding of, of how the church operates. So they would appoint a transition team, and that team would be comprised of members from both campuses. Because again, this is not the termination of a partnership. Um, and that team would function to uh, kind of provide some uh, counsel, uh, so kind of an advisory role, as well as uh, lay out some benchmarks, which I'll talk about here in just a minute. They'd help kind of establish what those benchmarks would be, okay? So then after that, okay, so that's as soon as possible after a vote, we're going to try and form a transition team that would help oversee this process, okay? Uh, beginning in the spring, we would work to determine a new name for the South Wilson campus, okay? I don't know what that name is right now, okay? So go ahead and eliminate that question from, from your, I don't know, okay? Um, we would work to establish a new name, and then we begin all the necessary uh, logistics and administrative stuff that goes with that, which is no small task, okay? Uh, and then fr from there, going on, in the fall, right, Lord willing, the South Wilson campus would sort of relaunch as... Um, this like under this new name and all the new branding and all the stuff that, that comes with that. And, and, and basically from that point, this campus, again, at that point, we're, we're not like, we're not fully on our own. Okay, at that point, this campus essentially functions as Valley Creek Baptist Church doing business as whatever the new church name is. Okay, I can tell you guys are thrilled about this. You just... All this administrative talking, guys, like, man, this is what I'm here for. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to be transparent, right? Just trying to be clear. So, so that would be, that would, Lord willing, in the fall sometime. Uh, and then also, begin, this would begin in the spring, but carry on through the fall and even beyond. Uh, the transition team I mentioned earlier would work to establish the, uh, the, the necessary benchmarks that would be used to assess and determine when the campus is ready to constitute as an autonomous church, okay? 
So there'd be some benchmarks that, that we would need to meet as a campus before the actual umbilical cord is cut to keep with the, the illustration from earlier. Okay. Now, what are those benchmarks? Great question. Glad you asked. I have some of those potentially in my notes okay, and on your form. Now, we don't have these finalized yet because that team would be in charge of finalizing these, but, but these are kind of the direction we would be moving. Okay. Obviously, we'd have to establish all the fun things like constitution, bylaws, uh, membership covenants, employee handbook, all the governing documents necessary for us to, to function as our own uh, autonomous church. Okay? So that transition team would, would work to get those in place. Right? Another thing they would do uh, is they would work to determine at what point the church is, is financially able to stand on its own. In other words, what is that number, like what our, our income that we generate from, from your generosity, what does that number need to be? Where is it now? Right, they're going to be looking at budgets and expenses and all that sort of stuff uh, to, to determine w- at what point are we financially able to stand on our own feet. Again, money's not everything, but it is an important component of it. Okay? Quite honestly, as, like, as a pastor, that's like so like, not interesting to me but I understand it's really important, okay? So, um, and, and our, to that end, our finance team has been working hard to kind of better determine what is the operating cost of this campus, right? Up to this point, we've had one budget, different light items, but even some of the, the costs that we, we have, that they don't get necessarily separated out as cleanly as they need to. And so uh, if you pick up a copy of the budget, you'd even see we're trying to really get a better idea of what does it actually cost for this campus to function, and then that'll be used to determine what that number is, all right? And then related to that, we would have to establish our, our own um, operating budget, all right? Just, so, so right now, we have one budget kind of split across two campuses. At some point in the future, that would move to two budgets, okay? Uh, and, and that might even happen before we get to full autonomy, okay? Again, plans are kind of... Uh, the, 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 the timing in the Lord's hands. We'll, we'll see what happens here, all right? Uh, fourth thing that would happen, the, the, another benchmark here, is we would need to develop the necessary leadership for this campus to function, okay? And when I say leadership, I'm not just talking about somebody on staff that gets paid, right? I'm talking like even lay leaders. Um, do we have people qualified to lead, like biblically qualified to lead in various capacities. Okay, I, I've talked to multiple churches that have done this same thing that we are proposing. And all of them unanimously said that the developing of qualified leaders was the most important part of the whole process. Right? There's a couple of churches that said, like, even before they were financially like ready, like because they had leaders in place and they were close to that benchmark, the financial benchmark, like they, they were like, we're ready to go. Let's do this thing. All right, so to be really candid with you, the bulk of my, I won't say the bulk, but a good portion of my like, effort and energy, uh, should, should this be affirmed and we move this direction, a good bulk of my effort and energy is probably going to be given to uh, establishing qualified leaders here. Okay? Um, and then fifth, potential benchmark is just developing a plan for the transfer or acquisition of property, facilities, everything that comes with that, okay? That's a big question. 
I don't have an answer for you right now on, on what that looks like. Uh, we have talked about it, Scott and I, okay, just as the two of us. I know where his heart is. I know where his head is. But ultimately, that's a much bigger decision uh, than just he or I can make, all right? So, um, but it is on the radar, okay? So once those benchmarks are determined first throughout that process and then eventually met, at that point, this campus would be rolled off to be its a, a self-sustaining, autonomous church, okay? Now, the big question is how long will that process take? And the quick answer is, I don't have an exact timeline for you, okay? What I do have, right, what I do have, though, is, is that uh, our hope, and I say hope, right, our Advent theme this morning is hope. I hope that would be within a three-year window, okay? Now, we're not setting a hard date, okay? It's, if it happens before three years, awesome, then we'll... Get with it, as long as we've met those other benchmarks, right? If it happens, if we get to year three and it's like we're not quite there, then we just evaluate, okay? Why are we not there? What do we need to get there? Right? And we evaluate and go from there, right? There, there's, there's not a hard date. That three-year metric is, is not just pulled out of thin air. There's uh, a lot of church planning organizations that kind of use a three-year framework for some of their stuff. So, uh, again, not, not a hard number, but, but I do think it's good to put, like, something out there so that we, like, we have something to shoot for. Right? I think that's a good thing. We need to feel a little bit of uh, pressure. Nothing produces like pressure. Right? That's, that's how, listen, that's how I got through college. Right? The paper was due on this date. I need to start working on it at least the night before. Okay? Like, we don't want to do that here. Like, when it's long trajectory here. Okay? But there it is. Uh, and, then, and then throughout that process, however long it takes, whether it's a year, two years, three years, maybe even a little more than three years. Throughout that process, we'll continue uh, some working with different organizations that we've already begun working with, uh, talking with. Um, just so you know who those are, we have been talking with the Kentucky Baptist Convention Church Planning Division. Um, we've been working with an organization called Summit Collaborative. They're a church planning network. Um, actually working with... Uh, technically the North American Mission Board on some of this. Um, they do assessments, right? They, they make sure that I'm somewhat competent to, to do this, okay, qualified. Uh, and then they also provide guidance and training and uh, equipping and, and potentially even some financial support with that, all right? So everybody breathe. That was a lot, right? A lot of information, Right, kind of like trying to get a drink of water from a fire hydrant, right? Okay, so everything that I just mentioned is articulated in a much more concise way on this proposal. Okay, not in depth, but you get the kind of the bullet points there. Um, and, and so if, if, like, if I lost you a long time ago, or if you're here and you're like, I really have no interest in this at all, right? Just, just pick that up, right? Take it with you, okay? Okay. Um, and the reason for giving you all this is I just want you to see like we've put thought into this. This is not, we're not just shooting from the hip because it sounds like a fun idea, right? I can, I'm pretty positive it's going to be, uh, there's going to be some challenges and some difficulties. There's going to be things that we just don't know because we don't know them, okay? 
Uh, we try to think about as much as we can. But again, we're not sovereign. We don't know it all. So, um, like, I guess what I'm saying is this. You've probably got questions, right? And what I'm saying to you is even if I can't give you an exact answer to your question, there's a pretty good chance it's on our radar, if nothing else, okay? Now, the biggest question, why? Right? Why would we do this? Why would we do this now? Okay, that's a fair question, right? And um, that's probably the most important question, honestly. But rather than try and cram it in this morning, I want to give like an entire Sunday to that next week, okay? Which is probably just a surefire way that I've killed the attendance for next week. We're going to talk about more of this stuff, okay? I hope you'll come back. That'll be one of my uh, action steps later, okay? But um, the biggest question, why, All right? Let me give you my elevator pitch answer, okay? Real quick, Cliff Notes version. I would just direct you back to the opening line of this proposal. Right? I'm not going to read it again for the sake of time, but, but at a, like a biblical level, this proposal comes out of the example we see in the, the New Testament of churches planting other churches. Like that's, that's the pattern. Right? It's churches that say, um, man, we want to send out people to go start a new work. Right? The, the pattern in the New Testament is not FBC Jerusalem being like, let's just build our empire as big as we can dig it or build it. Right, the, the pattern in the New Testament is people recognize uh, there, there needs to be a church there. And so they say, let's go plant one. Let's go start one. Let's send out some people to, to do that. Okay, so, so that is the sort of biblical pattern that we see. Um, but then at, at like a practical level. So this is probably going to be more like, like what we feel. Right, we're proposing this as an effort to just do more contextualized ministry. Again, I'll unpack all this next week. Right? Contextualized ministry, in short, like we are a specific group of people with specific experiences and gifts and abilities and talents, and the Lord has intentionally, sovereignly, purposely placed us in the middle of a community that has specific needs, specific desires. And so how do we, how do we make those things connect? All right, we're proposing this as a way for us to do more contextualized ministry to the people that are around us, through the people that are among us. That's us. Okay? And then just think there's a lot of wisdom in uh, sort of localizing and streamlining the decision-making process. Okay? And to say that like, more straightforwardly, decisions that need to be made here should be made by leaders and members that attend here. Okay, that's sort of the more practical side of it. Okay, so that's the elevator pitch. We'll talk more about that next week. Uh, here's how I want to spend the rest of our time together today now that I'm through the introduction. Okay. <laughs> Somebody got it. Somebody got the joke. Okay, try to lighten the mood a little bit. Um, here's how I want to spend the rest of our time together. Today. I want to give you a what I, just a real quick, what I think is a word of encouragement, and then I'm going to give you some really practical next steps, okay? So if you have a Bible, Acts chapter 9, literally just going to look at one verse, right? One single verse. Acts chapter 9. If, if you are, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the book of Acts and what's going on, but it's basically a continuation of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke wrote both of those, and the book of Acts is essentially the story of the Gospel of going forth 
Right? The good news of the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, it's the good news of that going forth and, and people like responding to it and believing it and the, the church growing. That's what the, the, excuse me, what the book of Acts is. And in Acts 9, man, there's some stuff going down. Right? When we get to Acts 9, a lot of stuff has happened up to this point. Okay? Um, the church is being persecuted. Right? The uh, Christians are being imprisoned and killed because of their refusal to shut up about the life, death, resurrection of Jesus. Um, there, there's, um, like because of the persecution, they're leaving, they're scattering out of Jerusalem and going into Judea and Samaria, just as Jesus said they would back in the beginning chapter of, of Acts. There's a new guy on the scene named Saul who will eventually be referred to as Paul, uh, who like last week was having Christians arrested and thrown in prison and, and likely executed. And this week he's like, no, I'm on your team, I promise, you can trust me. Right? So there's like, it's a lot going on. Right? There is a, a lot of uncertainty about the future of the church, first century church at this point. Okay? Now to be clear, Jesus was not uncertain. Right? Jesus was not uh, unsure of how this is going to turn out. Right? Because Jesus... Jesus is the one who said, uh, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So Jesus is like, he ain't scared. He ain't worried. Okay, but I want you to put yourself in the shoes of, of these men and women that were like proclaiming the gospel and watching their friends being thrown off to prison. And like, I would imagine there's some uncertainty there. At least some confusion. Right? Maybe some hesitancy. Most likely it looked a little bit chaotic. Okay, and then it's, it's in the midst of the chaos and the uncertainty and the confusion that Luke records these words in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. It says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, listen to this, had peace and was being built up and walking in two things, the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit it multiplied. In the midst of the kind of confusion and chaos and uncertainty that would like paralyze most organizations. Right? The kind of chaos that would cause most organizations to close their doors and say, nope. Let's say the church had peace. And not only was there peace, like the church thrived and multiplied. How does that happen? Because right? I imagine we talk about these things like for us as a campus, like there's, there's some uncertainty there, right? There's some confusion. Maybe this morning feels like chaos to you. Right? How, how, how does the church thrive and multiply in, in that? And there's two things here, real quick. They walk in the fear of the Lord. In other words, the Lord gave them a command and they followed through. Right? Jesus back in Acts 1.8, before he ascended to heaven, said, you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria, uh, Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Right? And, and that's, that's what they're doing. And They were far more concerned with Jesus' command to make disciples than they were worried about uh, fear of man, the fear of the unknown, the fear of uncertainty, and, and the church multiplied as they walked in the fear of the Lord. 
Okay, so they walked in the fear of the Lord, but then it says they walked in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Right? In the midst of uncertainty, confusion, chaos, they were comforted not by what was going on around them, right? not even comforted by like the plans that were laid out before them, because I'm not sure they had a whole lot of plans at this point. They were comforted by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Right? According to Jesus, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is, is he guides us, right? leads us, which implies that we need to be guided. Right? Implies that we don't always exactly know what is before us. We don't always exactly know which course to take. We don't always know exactly how the plan's going to unfold. Right? But it's, it's the Holy Spirit that guides us in that. So here's, here's what all this means for us. Right? For those of us that call this place our church home. There is some uncertainty around all this. There just is. There just is. Okay? But, but where there is uncertainty, where things are unknown, there's also a real opportunity to exercise some faith. Right? Listen, I have no control over where we are a year from now, three years from now, ten years from now. I won't pretend like I do. Right? I, I don't know what story God is writing. I know what he has written. Right? I don't know what story God's writing for the future of our campus. Okay? Right, I've, I've told you what I know, which is probably not as much as you wish you knew at this point in the game. Okay? But what I do know, with absolute certainty, because I'm, like, I'm reading it in the book, is that if we'll walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, in whatever it is and wherever he takes us, like, we're going to be all right. Whatever that looks like, like we're going to be all right. So let me give you, just finish here. Uh, I'm going to give you some action steps, and then we're going to spend some time in prayer together. If that sounds weird to you, it'll be fine, okay? Um, here, here, I got like four, four things, right? Here's the first one. Before anything else, before anything else, before you voice your concerns, questions, and I'm not saying don't have those. I'm going to tell you what to do with those in just a minute before you voice your concerns, questions, before you ever cast a vote, okay, I'm asking you to pray. Would you just pray about all this? Okay, that's kind of where all these conversations started for us, sort of behind the scenes, um, like about a year ago. Would you just pray? Okay, because I want nothing more for us to walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit in whatever that looks like, but we will not do that apart from prayer. Right? We just won't. We, we need to be guided. Right? And the Lord does that through his spirit, but it's also as we pray. So man, here's the reality. If the Lord's not in this, I don't want any part of it. Like, I don't. But if the Lord is in this, I don't really want to waste my time doing anything else. That's just where I am. Okay? So, so would you pray for us? Pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment. For us as a church, as a church body. Okay? And then, I mean, selfishly, I'm going to be selfish for a minute. I would just ask you to pray for me. 
right? I, like, I don't think it's any secret that I've pushed my chips all in here, okay? Like, I think you probably know where I stand on the issue. Um, but like, I've, I've carried the weight of this for like, like I said, like a year now, right? And it, it's a good weight. I'm not saying it's not a good weight, but it's like, it's a weight, right? And, and I, I'm not so naive to think that just potentially moving this direction is going to make that weight go away. If anything, I think it might get even harder, right? When you, usually when you try to step out in faith and do things, uh, the enemy has a real way of, of, of ramping it up. So I, I just don't think it's going to get any easier, okay? Whatever the Lord leads us into. And so I would just, I would cover your prayers for, for myself for my, and for my family. Like they've had to put up with me for the last year with all this, okay? Like I'm convinced it's harder to be a pastor's wife and children than it is to be a pastor. Um, so you pray for us. I would appreciate that. So the first thing was pray. Second thing, if you have questions, concerns, comments, feedback about any of this, like, let me know, okay? Now, I've tried to make it really clear. I cannot promise you that I will be able to answer all of your questions right now. I cannot promise you that I will be able to alleviate all of your concerns right now. Right? But I do want to hear from you. Even if all I can do is just listen and say, brother, I hear you. I don't have an answer for you, but I hear you. Right? I, like, I want to hear. So you can, like, let's, let's go get coffee. Let's go have lunch. You can shoot me a text, right? Email, zach.alexander at vcbc.org. It's the gift that keeps on giving me. I'm sorry. I'm going to make him go on another sabbatical. Um, just let me know. Right? If you've got questions, thing, things that, that I need to hear, like I, I want to hear them. I do. Okay. Um, here, here's the third thing. I want you to come back next Sunday for part two. Okay. I know this may not have been the most thrilling discussion this morning. Because this morning's been a lot of logistics and administer. I get all that. Next week, uh, Lord willing, is going to be more of the, the mission, kind of the why. What's the why behind it? And, and I'm hoping like that's the thing that gets me excited. I hope it's the thing that gets you excited too. But I want you to come back um, next, next Sunday. Listen, I know movie sequels are never better than the original. I'm going to try real hard, though, to make next week better than this one. Okay? So I want you to come back. Um, but, but specifically, another reason I really want you to come back is because we are going to uh, kind of just take an informal poll next week. And I'll be really clear, really clear. If you're listening online, be really clear. Next week is not the vote. Okay? Are we all on the same page? When I say an informal poll, here's what I mean. There's just going to be an opportunity for you, as the people that attend our South Wilson campus, to just let us as a leadership team know where you land on this. Because the reality is, if you're not on board, there is no point in taking this to a church-wide vote. That would be a waste of time. Right? This, this affects you. Right? This affects you far more than it affects a congregation on the south side of town. Right? So if, if you're not on board, doesn't... Quite honestly, it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. So we're going to have an informal poll. We want to hear from you. Right? We'll just keep it simple. 
right? To just say like, hey, I'm in favor. No, I'm not in favor. Um, and, and we'll do all that. We'll do all that next week, okay? It's not an absentee ballot. It's, it's not a formal vote. It's just an informal poll for us to get an idea of where you are. Okay, that'll be next week, okay? And here's the fourth thing. So we've got, we've got pray, we've got bring me your questions, feedback, concerns, comments. Uh, come back next Sunday for part two, and then here's the fourth thing. Right, I'm just gonna be Captain Obvious here for a second. Historically, business meetings are not well attended. <laughs> okay. right, I, and I get it. Okay, because you've sat through this this morning, which is kind of like a business meeting talk on steroids, right? Not the most exhilarating of things, exhilarating of, of experiences. Okay, but, but this is really important. And so if you are a member of Valley Creek, I would encourage you, like, make an effort to come vote December 13th, okay, 6.30 p.m., the business meeting will be at our Springfield Road campus because the December business meeting has historically always been at our Springfield Road campus, right? It will be a church-wide vote, okay? But I, if, like, if you're a member of Valley Creek, I want to encourage you to, to attend that. And then I would also add, if you're not a member of Valley Creek Baptist Church, um, like, here's, like, if you're not a member and you, and you're, but you're interested, maybe something you heard this morning, you're like, I'm intrigued. I want to know more. Okay. Or maybe you've been hanging around for a while and you've never like put your stake in the ground and be like, I am part of you. Right. If, if you're not a member and you're like, man, I'm interested in that. I'd like to know more about that. Again, would you let me know? Same channels as any, any other way, right? You can pull me aside after service. You can shoot me a text, email, give me a call. Um, all, all of the above. Right? I, candidly, in my three years here, I have done a pretty terrible job of sort of elevating the importance of church membership and, and then giving you like an on-ramp to it. Okay? I've, I've just not done a good job at that. And so um, if that's something you're like, man, I'm, I'm interested, I want to know more, l let me know. Okay? Right? Now, we have a little bit of a membership process, so I'm not going to guarantee you that, like, that if you're interested that we're going like, to get this thing so you can vote on Wednesday. I'm, I'm not about like screwing up our systems here. But, but if you're interested, I do want to know because we've, we've got some things in the works um, to kind of make membership uh, sort of bring it sort of front and, and center. Okay, so um, again, you let me know if you're interested in that. Email, text, carrier pigeon, smoke signal, whatever works for you. All right, I'm easy to find. So here's how I want to end our time together. Okay, Th again, this has not been a sermon um, so it, it seems maybe a little weird to have a little invitation or response time here, but, but here's what I want us to do, is I just want us to spend some time in, in prayer, okay? Um, here in just a minute, the band's going to come. They're going to lead us in, uh, in a song. If you want to stand and sing in your seat, you stand and sing your heart out, okay? Um, but, but I'm going to be down front, like just right here, just praying for this, because all this, like I said, it's a weight. It's a, it's a thing, Okay? And so I would just invite you um, to, to just spend some time in prayer during this, during this response time. You, you, if you want to come down front, I'll be here. Great. If you want to pray to yourself quietly in your seat, that's fine too. The Lord is competent to hear our prayers no matter where or how we pray them. Um, pray out loud. Pray quietly to yourself. doesn't matter. Okay. My encouragement to you is just to spend some time 
praying, praying about this. What, what, what the Lord would like, have, have you to see, have you to respond. How would the Lord have you to participate in, in what we have going on here? What might be going on here in the future? All right, so I'm going to pray for us, kind of transition us into that, uh, that time. And then again, just invite you to pray with me. All right, so let's pray together. Father, we come to you um, this morning and um, just, I'm excited. I'm excited about what uh, the future may hold, but, but ultimately that's, again, just as I prayed before we started, I, I confess I am, not, I am not omniscient. I am not sovereign. I, I don't know your plans and purposes. And so, um, Father, my prayer is just that with all that we've talked about here this morning, that uh, your will would be done. And I, I pray, Lord, even now that as we just kind of move to a response time and um, Lord, just spend some time praying about this together as a congregation, um, Lord, I pray that you would um, Lord, prompt our hearts in, in the ways that we need to be prompted. Um, Lord, maybe you bring things to mind that need to be asked uh, questions that need to be answered, things that need to be addressed. Um, trust that you would do that. Um, Lord, maybe you would bring some measure of comfort uh, in, in what just by nature has some, some uncertainty and unknown to it. Um, Father, my prayer ultimately is just that we would be in the center of what you have for us in whatever that is. We want to be right in the middle of where you want us to be. And so, Lord, any, um, any guidance that you might give in this moment, any wisdom, any discernment that you might give, Lord, we, we're asking for it. We are asking for it. This is, this is no insignificant thing, and um, so we don't want to approach it lightly. We want to enter into it lightly. So would you lead us and guide us? Um, even this morning as we pray and then even beyond as we uh, consider what the future might hold. So that we love you, praise you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.